December 7th. And now, as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today will be from the book of 3rd John, verses 1 through 15. John wrote this letter to his friend Gaius to encourage him in a difficult situation in his local church. Again, he concentrated on making God's truth a vital part of life. We'll read about walking in truth. People could see the truth in Gaius because he loved it and walked in obedience to it. And that brought great joy to John. Every Christian parent can echo this verse and even make it a prayer. We'll read about working for truth. When you assist and encourage God's servants, you become a fellow worker with them in spreading the truth. Christian hospitality was important in those days and ought to be revived today. We'll read about welcoming the truth. Can you imagine Diotrephes rejecting a message from the Apostle John? He was so separated that he did not even receive John's friends. When we welcome God's people, we welcome God's truth. And we'll read about witnessing for the truth. Not all church members are like Diotrephes. There are people like Demetrius who love the truth and live it. They are the ones who make the local church healthy. And now, let's begin today's reading in the New Testament. December 7, 3 John, verses 1 through 15. This letter is from John the Elder. It is written to Gaius, my dear friend, whom I love in the truth. Dear friend, I am praying that all is well with you, and that your body is as healthy as I know your soul is. Some of the brothers recently returned and made me very happy by telling me about your faithfulness and that you are living in the truth. I could have no greater joy than to hear that my children live in the truth. Dear friend, you are doing a good work for God when you take care of the traveling teachers who are passing through, even though they are strangers to you. They have told the church here of your friendship and your loving deeds. You do well to send them on their way in a manner that pleases God, for they are traveling for the Lord and accept nothing from those who are not Christians. So we ourselves should support them, so that we may become partners with them for the truth. I sent a brief letter to the church about this, but Diotrephes, who loves to be the leader, does not acknowledge our authority. When I come, I will report some of the things he is doing and the wicked things he is saying about us. He not only refuses to welcome the traveling teachers, he also tells others not to help them. And when they do help, he puts them out of the church. Dear friend, don't let this bad example influence you. Follow only what is good. Remember that those who do good prove that they are God's children and those who do evil prove that they do not know God. But everyone speaks highly of Demetrius, even truth itself. We ourselves can say the same for him, and you know we speak the truth. I have much to tell you, but I don't want to do it in a letter, for I hope to see you soon, and then we will talk face to face. May God's peace be with you. Your friends here send you their greetings. Please give my personal greetings to each of our friends there. 
get saved because then you won't. And I got saved and kept on doing. So then where am I supposed to go? Because apparently Jesus doesn't work for me. He goes, oh, no, 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 no. We'll, we'll work through this. But I'm not letting you go in the meantime. Oh, we'll get there. I'll finish it. I started it. I'll be faithful to finish. Don't give up. Keep walking. Keep pressing in. Keep confessing. But don't give up. I'll heal you. I won't let you go. There is no one who can condemn you. I don't. And if I don't, no one can. Who will even bring a charge against you? Your mind. What court could they possibly charge you in? Everything's mine. And he is jealous for me. Love's like a hurricane. I am a tree. Bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy When all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions Eclipsed by glory And I realize just how beautiful you are And how great your affections are for me Oh, how he loves us, oh, oh, how he loves us, how he loves us. That God in eternity looked upon me, foreseeing my fallenness, my pride, my sin, and said, I want that man in my family. I'll do anything to get him in my family. I will pay for him to be in my family with my son's life. That's love, folks. That is mega, off-the-charts love. He is jealous for me. Love's like a hurricane. I am a tree. Why? Because he loves you. Because he loves you. That, that's why. We've got this weird compartmentalization thing that happens where you don't think that God sees all that you are or that if he could have somehow knew who you were going to be, he wouldn't have gone to the cross. Um, listen, God knew you were going to be messy. Uh, Christ knew that you were going to be messy. God, God knows that you're going to screw up often. He knows that you're going to be drawn to things that are wicked. He knows that's what the cross is all about. It's the whole point of the cross is that you're going to fail and you're going to stumble and you're going to feel dirty and you're going to feel awkward. And you're going to, the whole point of the cross of Christ is there be this mighty picture of his love and pursuit of you despite you. So the cross is necessary because of you, but it's also 
the picture we have of just how far God is willing to go because He loves you. bitter against the church. I just think somehow we've got off and there's all this talk about morality and people are conforming themselves to these moral codes, but they don't know Jesus. Who cares? It's the resurrection of Christ that justifies. That's why it's so important. That's why it's so big. It proves that all the wrath of God was poured out. It's gone. For the elect, it's gone. There is no more wrath. There's, there's none. So Jesus sees you and he's like, my son, my daughter, perfect, spotless, blameless. Psalm 126, verses 1 through 6. This song probably celebrates Jerusalem's deliverance from the Assyrian army in the days of Hezekiah. It all happened so quickly that the people thought they were dreaming, and even the other nations had to admit the greatness of God. In his chapter-by-chapter Bible commentary, Warren Wearsby writes, But deliverance is just the beginning. God always wants to do something more. He wants to make us rivers of blessing, like the dry wadis in the desert that become rushing torrents in the rainy season. If God sends you showers of blessing, share the blessing with others. He also wants you to get to work in the harvest, whether it's plowing the field, sowing the seed, or reaping the sheaves. God has a place for you. If you water the seed with your tears, you will one day rejoice as you bring in the sheaves. This is the formula for a harvest, going, weeping, sowing, and reaping. Psalm 126, verses 1 through 6, a song for the ascent to Jerusalem. When the Lord restored His exiles to Jerusalem, it was like a dream. We were filled with laughter, and we sang for joy. And the other nations said, What amazing things the Lord has done for them! Yes, the Lord has done amazing things for us. What joy! 
Restore our fortunes, Lord, as streams renew the desert. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest. Proverbs 29, verses 12 through 14. If a ruler honors liars, all his advisors will be wicked. The poor and the oppressor have this in common. The Lord gives light to the eyes of both. A king who is fair to the poor will have a long reign.